0: Thanks for tuning in and making ResLife a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Today, with the rest of my time here today, I hope to get across one main message, one singular point that I hope will stick with you for a long, long time. And this singular point is a simple yes to Jesus can change the course of history. Today, I'm gonna be talking about the story of Christmas. Very fitting for this time of year. I'm gonna tell you the story of one of my heroes in the faith, a man named Dwight L. Moody, and share some personal testimonies of the Lord's goodness in my life. And so if we could view this one statement, a simple yes to Jesus can change the course of history. If we can view that almost like a diamond, today, we're gonna be holding this diamond up and we're gonna be looking at it from three different perspectives. We're gonna talk about the story of Joseph and how a simple yes, a simple decision that he made changed the course of history. We're gonna need to be talking about Dwight L. Moody and some significant people in his life that changed the course of history. And then we're going to tell, I'm going to tell a personal story and how my life has been impacted by others and how their yes to Jesus has changed the course of history. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much. There's nobody like you. Father, I ask Lord for spiritual, spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened so that we can know the hope of our calling the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you would give us, Lord, the ability to catch everything that you are wanting to impart to us today. Lord, we come before you humbly and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Right, so let's jump right into it today. We're gonna be talking about the story of Joseph. Joseph and Mary, Joseph was Jesus' earthly father, And so we're gonna jump right in. Matthew 1, verse 18 through 25. Again, that's Matthew 1, 18 through 25. We're gonna go seven verses. Stick with me today. Uh, I'm gonna read them all through all at once. I want you to get the full picture here, all right? Here we go. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So let's get this, a picture of this scene here. Joseph is essentially engaged to Mary at this point, except it's a little bit different from your normal engagement or how we would view engagement in a Western culture. To a Jew, a a betrothed couple would essentially mean, like it would be, they would view it as them being married already. It was essentially that they were already married. They refer to each other as husband and wife. Their families have already entered into covenant with each other, but they would not have had sexual relations and they would not have been allowed to. And to have sexual relations with your betrothed was still considered a sin. So we get this picture. Mary and Joseph are betrothed to each other. And Joseph finds out that his soon-to-be wife is pregnant. Uh Uh-oh, that's not a good deal. That's a bad deal right there. And to us in our Western culture, that you're right, that is a bad deal. But it was especially bad to Mary and to Joseph in their culture. Because the law at that time, the requirements of the law said that if a woman was to, to commit the act of adultery, or if a man was to commit the act of adultery, they were to be stoned and put to death. And he even goes on to say that if even if you're betrothed to somebody and you have sexual relations with somebody that was also warranting death. And we see these righteous or these requirements of the law played out in Leviticus 20, verse 10. It says, if a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Again, Deuteronomy 22, verse 22 through 24. If a man is found lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die. The man who lay with the woman and the woman. So you shall purge the evil from the house of Israel. If there is a betrothed virgin, that's essentially what Mary is right there. She's a betrothed virgin and, me, and a man meets her in the city and lies with her. Then you shall bring them both out to the gate of the city and you shall stone them to death with stones. So according to the law, Mary should have been stoned. And the Messiah, the savior of the world that she was carrying inside, he would have died. And that would have been the normal thing for Joseph to do. That would have been what was socially and culturally acceptable at that time. But even so, we see Joseph show himself to be a man of grace. He decides to divorce Mary quietly, not to raise an accusation against her. And he effectively spares Mary's life. And in so doing, spares the life of the Messiah that's inside of Mary. So you get this scene, Joseph, he just put away his betrothed wife. He's divorced her quietly. He's thinking to himself, okay, at least I spared her, her life. You know, that, that was much nicer than what I should have done according to the law, right? According to the law, I should have stoned her. She should have died. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be a just man. I'm just gonna divorce her quietly, not raise an accusation publicly so that she and her baby doesn't have to die. And you imagine Joseph as he's walking throughout you. How must have he been feeling at that time? He probably felt betrayed. He probably felt lied to a little bit. And he probably felt really, really confused. And then on top of that, you got Jewish his Jewish community. There was a very communal culture. So they got everybody that's looking around and they're saying, Joseph, I can't believe what Mary's done to you oh my goodness, that would be so tough. You have to be feel so betrayed. You have to feel so lied to. I can't believe this. Why are you not stoning her? You should do it. You should uphold the law. That's the righteous thing to do. All of these things are going and racing throughout Joseph's head. And I imagine him going to bed that night, laying in bed and his mind is just racing. Did I do the right thing? Should I have help upheld the law? I don't know. My friends, my parents, they're all saying for me to do this one thing. And that thing makes the most sense. But inwardly, I feel like I shouldn't do it. I don't know what I should do. And while his mind is racing, he falls asleep. But then something crazy happens. As Joseph is sleeping, an angel of the Lord meets him in a dream and says to him, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear you a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." That's Matthew one, verse 20. And so Joseph, when he woke up, he had a decision to make. And this decision would change the course of history. Either I could follow what's culturally acceptable. I could stay divorced from Mary and not relate to her at all. Or I could obey the Lord and commit to calling this child my own and live a life of laid down provision for Mary and this child that she will bear. And so Joseph wakes up from his dream and he obeys the Lord. He says yes to the thing that is culturally unacceptable at that time. Matthew 1 verse 24 says, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And after this dream, Joseph decides to accept this son, accept Jesus, accept the Messiah as his own. He made a bold decision of courage. He took the cultural disdain and ostracism. And in so doing, he saved Mary's life and thereby helped facilitate a way for the Messiah to be born. His simple yes changed the course of history. So that's one, Joseph. He decides to take the cultural disdain and the ostracism. And he says yes. He says yes. And his yes changes the course of history, makes way for Jesus, the Messiah to be born. The lens of Joseph. Now we're going to move on to the lens of Dwight L. Moody. So Dwight L. Moody, he grew up on, he grew up in America, but he grew up a lot of his life in abject poverty. And when he was four years old, his dad actually passed away. And so his mom, as a struggling single mom, was not able to provide for him and his brothers and sisters. But one day he heard that his uncle, who lived in Chicago, was opening a shoe store. And when Dwight L. Moody was around 16 years old, he contacted his uncle and said, hey, would you let me work for you? And his uncle said, yes, I'll let you work for me, but on one condition. You have to come to church with me every single Sunday. Come on, we need some more people like that, right? In our world today, don't we? We need some more people. We need some more uncles like that. We need some more mom and dads. Yeah, you want those Air Jordans? Come on, that's good. All right, next three weeks, you're sitting right next to me in church service, right? We need those kind of people, right? So... Dwight L. Moody's uncle makes him come to church. And as Dwight L. Moody starts coming to church, he builds a relationship with a Sunday school teacher from his church. One day, this Sunday school teacher gets a prompting of the Lord to visit Dwight L. Moody in his shoe store outside of the church. So he walks over to the Chicago shoe store. And that day, this Sunday school teacher shares the gospel with Dwight L. Moody. And Dwight L. Moody gives his life to Jesus in that Chicago shoe store. Now, you might be sitting here and you're saying, okay, great. How did that change the course of history? It was just one dude, Dwight L. Moody. Great. He got saved. And that is awesome. That's something to praise God for, right? A soul being saved. But if you knew who Dwight L. Moody was, you would see how that simple, yes, changed the course of history. Dwight L. Moody would grow up to be one of the most famous evangelists in the the nation of America and in the countries around Europe. It's estimated that by the time Dwight L. Moody died, he preached to over 100 million people face-to-face. His messages were literally intertwined within culture and so many people had heard his messages and been inspired by this ministry that he carried. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that that shoe store owner, Dwight L. Moody's uncle, do you think he had hundreds of millions of souls on his mind when he allowed his nephew to come work for him and then made him go to church every Sunday? Or do you think that this Sunday school teacher had a hundred million souls on his mind when he said yes to go share the gospel with one of his students. No, they didn't. They didn't know where it would all end up. They didn't know where Dwight L. Moody would go in his lifetime, but they simply said yes to the Lord and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And their yes to Jesus changed the course of history. So we have Joseph takes the cultural disdain and ostracism, makes a bold decision of courage, makes way for the Messiah. We have a Chicago Chicago shoe store owner. That's a tongue twister. And a Sunday school teacher who say yes to Jesus and change the course of history. Now I'm gonna share with you a personal testimony from my life that has changed the course of my history. So if you don't know, my dad is Pastor Bernie Blau. Can't be sitting right there. Give it up for Pastor Bernie. We love Pastor Bernie, don't we? So good. It's so good. And you guys could probably tell I'm his son. Yeah, I got a mustache, you know, just carrying on the family lineage. You know, word has it that there's actually a special type of anointing in the mustache. Um, so you won't find that in the Bible, but it's, you know, so... Yeah, anyway, so one day hope to pass on the mustache anointing to my son, you know, little Jared Jr. running around with a mustache. That would be pretty cool, I think. But, so, but if you don't know, Pastor Bernie is actually over our missions relations. He's over our missions department here at Resurrection Life Church. And Res Life has had the privilege of supporting over 70 missionaries around the world for over the past 35 years. We support them on a monthly basis. And so Ben, the gifts that you guys are doing, the way you're participating, you guys are literally making an impact around the world through Res Life Church. And so I grew up and my dad was sharing with me all these stories. I I grew up hearing all of these missionary stories. I grew up hearing how a herd of elephants had run out of the forest and saved a Christian's life who was being persecuted at that time. I heard stories of of blind eyes being opened. I heard a story of a a man who was preaching in India and the government came with machine guns to put him to death. And then all of a sudden the power of God pinned them to the ground and they were not able to get up from the ground until this, this preacher, this Indian preacher went over to them and said, be loosed in Jesus' name. I heard these stories. And as a young kid, it stirred something up in me. But I was never satisfied. And this question plagued my mind. He said, if it can happen there, why can't it happen here? If it can happen in their life, why can't it happen in my life? So I longed for the presence and the power of God to be made manifest in my life. But God used one specific man when I was 13 years old to share a powerful truth that would unlock a life of miracles. When I was 13 years old, I went to Triunity Christian. Come on, go Defenders. We love, we love Triunity Christian. I went to Triunity Christian. I was sitting in a Bible class and one man named Mr. Damstra he didn't even have a kid in the middle school at that time. He just felt prompted by the Lord to come and to share a message on the Holy Spirit and more specifically on the spiritual gifts. And he shared two powerful truths that stuck with me that day. He shared, one, that the spiritual gifts are for today. And two, if you want to see them happen in their life, in your life, all you have to do is ask God. And so as a little 13-year-old kid, dreaming of being a superhero, I was sitting there wide-eyed, mouth open. I was like, this is my chance to be a superhero. Except I don't have to deal with all the mumbo jumbo of Hollywood and my girlfriend dying and all this different stuff. Like I don't have to deal with all of that. I could actually do it for the Lord. Come on, this is so exciting. And so every summer I ask God to give me a gift of healing, ask God to give me a gift of prophecy. And at that same summer, my parents, my mom and dad gave me a book and it was called God's Creative Power for Healing. And I started building faith for healing. And it would be later that summer, when I was 13 years old, that I prayed for somebody's hurt ankle. They sprayed their ankle, were not able to jump during praise and worship. And I prayed for their ankle and God completely touched it. And he was able to jump up and down and he had been completely healed. The next day I saw a girl and she was going around on crutches. And then I felt like the Lord prompted me to pray for her. And so I went up and prayed for her and God completely touched her ankle. She threw down her crutches and she started running in the back of the room. And all of a sudden, this life of miracles started to unfold in my life. And I'm so privileged and honored and blessed and it's all the Lord, it's not anything to do with me. All I did was give a simple yes to Jesus in those moments. And that's what afforded the opportunity for God to minister healing through me. But I've seen so many countless miracles through my life. And here's the question, do you think that Mr. Damstra had in mind hundreds of people that would receive physical healing through my life when he said yes to come and teach on spiritual gifts that day. Probably not. But his simple yes changed the course of my history. Joseph, shoe store owner and a Sunday school teacher. Mr. Demstra, a teacher at Triunity Christian they simple yeses to Jesus. Change the course of history. <clears throat> and as I close today, I wanna to make this really, really practical because I believe that I don't share those stories just to inspire you and that's it. I share those stories to inspire you unto action. Because I believe that every single one of you have a yes that the Lord is calling you to give. And just like that shoe store owner, just like my mom and dad, just like these different people that we've mentioned, that just like Joseph, your yes to Jesus can change the course of history. And so as I was praying, I feel like there was three specific responses that the Lord was calling me to administer today. The first one is giving towards the house of hope. Do we understand the opportunity that we have today to partner with what God is gonna do through this house of hope? Who knows where these girls will will grow up to be in the Lord? Could it be that there are girls who will come and benefit from this house that have a Dwight L. Moody type of call on their life, but right now they're oblivious to that call because of the slavery that they're experiencing. And could we as a church body say yes, and change the course of history for them. That's number one, is giving toward the house of hope. Number two, I believe that God is calling some people specifically in this room and watching online to share the gospel with somebody in their life. Maybe as I've been speaking, as I've been sharing you've had a specific person, maybe you saw their face in your imagination, maybe their name just popped into your head, but you're called to share the gospel with that person. And my question to you today is, could you be that Sunday school teacher that changes that person's life? It gives a yes to just simply share the goodness of Jesus with them. And that changes the course of their history. And then the last response, I feel like the Lord prompted me to give today was for salvation. Maybe there's some of you here in this room and watching online who have never given your first initial yes to Jesus as the Lord of your life. And I wanna give you that opportunity today. So what we're gonna do now is everybody's eyes are gonna stay open and I'm gonna read off each of these responses. And if, if these, each of these responses resonates with you, I just want you to raise your hand. And I'm not having you do this to embarrass you. I'm not having for any other reason or so that we can know or see all of the different things. It's not about us, right? It's not about Res Life Church. The reason I have you raise your hand is because saying yes to Jesus requires boldness. It requires a step that's probably outside of your comfort zone. So this is just a way to practice saying yes to Jesus. But number two is we're a family here at Res Life Church. And we wanna celebrate with you and what God is doing in your life. And when God's moving in your heart and it moves you unto action, that is something to be celebrated. And we wanna celebrate with you. So number one, if you feel prompted in your heart right now, you wanna give, you wanna go to the next level in your giving towards the house of hope. You wanna give a simple yes to Jesus and participate in the transformation of lives of girls who have been saved out of sex trafficking. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three, raise your hand. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Look at this, all hands all over the place. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Number two, if as I was speaking, you've you heard somebody's name or you saw somebody's face in your imagination, you're saying, I need to share the gospel with somebody. I need to. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three, raise your hand. Come on, look at this, all over the place. Thank you, Jesus. This is amazing. I probably saw around around 60 to 80 hands that were raised. And let me say this, that means that there's 60 to 80 eternities that have the opportunity of being changed this week alone. Could your simple yes to Jesus change the course of history? Now the last one, salvation. If you've been sitting through this whole message today and you've been feeling inspired, maybe you're feeling like your heart is even pounding right now. It's racing a little bit. Maybe your hands are getting a little bit sweaty. You're getting a little bit nervous. I'm here to tell you that's the Holy Spirit and he's prompting on your heart to give the first and best yes that you'll ever give in your life. It's a yes to following Jesus and making him the Lord of your life. Maybe you followed Jesus at one time, but now you're, you're, you're for sure away from Jesus. And you wanna be sure today that I am right with God. I'm in right standing with him. If that's you and you're in the room, I'll have you raise your hand if you're watching online. Participate, say that's me in the chat. On the count of three, if that's you, you wanna give your life to Jesus. One, two, three, raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Come on. Praise Jesus. Eternity is being changed in this room. People going from death to life. This is amazing. Come on. All right, so as I close, let's all just pray together. We can bow our heads and close our eyes. We're gonna pray a simple prayer and with the reason why we pray this prayer is because in Romans 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's exactly what we're gonna do. If you could repeat after me, say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Father, I'm sorry for all the wrong things that I have said and done against you, please forgive me. Jesus, I want to follow you and I make you the Lord, the master, the boss of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Help me to walk hand in hand with Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.